0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome back Buffalo Bills fans. This is Matt Warren, editor in chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today on the bye week. I know there are fewer questions over the bye week. Uh, last week, we answered a ton of questions about how the Bills can attack the second half of their season. It's not really half, the final six games of their season um, and, and really make that push towards the playoffs. Hopefully it is, it's less than half because there's six regular season games left and then hopefully they have uh, three games at the end uh, in the playoffs and uh, into the Super Bowl. So it's like right at the halfway point um, if we're being really hopeful. Uh, but as always, you can get in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlinks QA. Give us a follow over there too so you'll see when we post uh, for questions. You can uh, send emails to at SBnation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages will find their way to me as well so there's lots of ways to get in touch with the show and you should definitely let your voice be heard while you're doing that head over to our youtube page and sign up as a subscriber so you can get all of our latest videos over there as well Uh, we've got jay spence the king doing the chop up after every bills game we've got uh, weekly content over there from josh rodden one of our uh, graphics guys and uh, we're going to be starting to populate that with even more content once we hit the off season So make sure you go over and subscribe, youtube.com, and search for Buffalo Rumblings. Today we've got a little bit of a different intro to the show. Normally I would go over my five or six or seven takeaways from the latest Bills game, but we don't have a latest Bills game today. But I do have some takeaways that I wanted to get to, and I wanted to start with Tommy Sweeney. Uh, Tommy Sweeney was diagnosed last week with myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle, and it's related to a COVID-19 diagnosis from earlier this season. The first Bills player to test positive for COVID-19 during the season was Dawson Knox, and it effectively quarantined the entire tight end room. If you recall, in late October, Tyler Croft was able to escape that COVID quarantine because of the birth of his daughter, but every other Bills tight end Uh, was on quarantine that week. Reggie Gilliam took snaps at tight end, uh, even though he's been playing mostly H-back. Croft started the game and played the majority of the game. And the rest of the tight ends were quarantined because of close contact with Dawson Knox. Now, Sweeney eventually tested positive for COVID-19 after that. And as he was making his way back to the roster, remember, he was started the season on the physically unable to perform list with a foot injury and so he was already not on the active roster so we hadn't really like missed him quote unquote uh, because he wasn't on the roster at all this year and we hadn't seen him play so as he's working his way back uh, from the COVID-19 diagnosis and um, presumably some symptoms from that uh, one of the things that the NFL and the NFL Players Association agreed to following uh, the new collective bargo bargaining agreement around COVID-19 was that if you showed symptoms, you had to go get checked out by a cardiologist before you could return. Um, And so during that visit last week, Sweeney was diagnosed with myocarditis, this inflammation of the heart muscle. And we've seen it in a few other places in athletes recovering from COVID-19. And it's a pretty dangerous side effect. It's It's a side effect Of any sort of viral infection So it's not Like crazy just COVID Stuff I mean it can happen from other Things as well but um, But yeah he's dealing With this right now the most uh, famous Or the most popular Case of this happened with The Boston Red Sox uh, earlier the season When Major League Baseball was playing When uh, pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez Was diagnosed with it and so It's um It's obviously something that's very concerning. Uh, It ended his 2020 season and it could have longer lasting impacts throughout the rest of his career and even the rest of his life, depending on how severe a case it is and how long lasting it is. Um, It's one of the reasons that I'm going to be a little bit personal here. And um, it's one of the reasons why every time folks were talking about just the COVID death rates that I thought that it missed the mark uh, because there are long-term side effects that can impact people going forward that has nothing to do with, well, did you die or not? So I'm very hopeful that Sweeney will be able to fully recover and continue his career. Um, Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, said that Sweeney was in very good spirits, but uh, I mean, obviously it's concerning for him and, um, and really the rest of the league—it's the first d- case that we know about of myocarditis in the NFL. So, uh, big news from One Bills Drive on Monday at Sean McDermott's press conference. On the field, it's probably not going to affect the Bills very much at all. Like I said, Sweeney hadn't been on the roster this year, and so they hadn't really been counting on him. Uh, he loses a year of his development at a position that's notoriously difficult to develop. So. I mean that's obviously less than ideal for him, but hopefully he can return uh, healthy, and and that's really the most important part, obviously. All right, let's move on to some different topics, and let's talk about the Buffalo Bills playoff situation. Buffalo was able to sit at home and watch the rest of the AFC East go 0-3 over the weekend. The the Patriots losing to the Houston Texans, the Miami Dolphins uh, losing late. And then the New York Jets falling to 0-10 on the season. That loss officially eliminated the New York Jets from the playoffs. They became the first team in the NFL this season to be eliminated from the playoffs. And uh, I guess Adam Gasewatch is on. They... um, I really hope they keep him because he's absolutely terrible and I want the Jets to be terrible so that the Bills can uh, have a little bit better of a time, um, especially if they get the number one overall pick. I want Adam Gase to be there to absolutely ruin Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see what happens going forward with them. I would anticipate them moving on from Adam Gase this offseason. But let's look at the rest of it. The The move effectively eliminates the New England Patriots from the AFC East race. I, they're 4-6 and six right now. If they went on a six-game winning streak to get to 10-6, that would mean the Bills would have to lose you know, three games down the stretch and go 3-3 three and three over their final few games. I mean, that's certainly possible, but I wouldn't say that the New England Patriots going on a six-game winning streak is, is particularly likely. They've got games hosting the Cardinals, at the Chargers, at the Rams, in back-to-back weeks. And... As you recall, they were requested those games back-to-back, so they would only have to fly out to L.A. once. But now with COVID restrictions, they're flying back to New England and then back out to L.A. in back-to-back weeks to play the Chargers and Rams. Then they're at the Miami Dolphins. They host the Bills on Monday Night Football. And then they finish their year with the Jets. I mean, that's potentially one, two, three, four playoff teams in their last six games that they're going to have to play, including that back-to-back trip out to L.A. I just think it'd be a very, very tall order for the Patriots to get six wins there to get to 10-6 and six, and even have a chance at matching the Bills or the Dolphins at 10-6. and six. So that, that loss to the Houston Texans effectively eliminated the New England Patriots from the AFC East race. And then finally, the Dolphins losing uh, was, was a big deal. I tried to lay the groundwork for this conversation last week, when on the website I wrote about how most teams don't go on six game winning streaks, you know, and I, and I showed over the last couple of years how rare it was. You know, you have to be a really, really good team to win week in and week out for six straight weeks or longer, and I didn't think that the Dolphins were that good of a team. Um, obviously, they're probably better than the Denver Broncos on most Sundays. But that's kind of the thing about the NFL is that like on any given Sunday, you know, quote unquote, one team can play really well. And one team can play poorly. And, you know, the Dolphins were just due for a stinker at some point. You know, you don't go a month and a half without having a bad game. And especially the way the Dolphins win with you know, a suffocating defense and turnovers and big plays and just kind of a lackluster offense. That's not a sustainable method of winning in the NFL. And so I just didn't think. Six or seven or eight game winning streak for the Dolphins was particularly likely You know some people were telling me that you know They were going to win the division at 12 and 4 Or you know go into that Last game against Buffalo at 11 And 4 with a chance to win the division And after starting 1 and 3 That would mean they would have to go on a 10 and 1 run And I don't think that they're a team that's good Enough that has arrived Enough to go to win to go And win 10 games out of 11 Um, And that was With their only loss being to the Kansas City Chiefs so now the Denver Broncos have thrown kind of a wrench in there um, the Bills are still very heavily favored to win the division uh, because the Bills are likely going to win any tiebreakers that it comes down to so Miami actually has to get one more win than the Bills so right now they're a game back so they do have to win two more games than Buffalo down the stretch to to pass the Bills and so I just don't think that's going to happen either so it was a big win for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday when the Broncos beat the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo's magic number to win the division is five. They need a combination of five Bills wins and Miami losses. So it can be any combination there. And uh, with Miami's upcoming schedule, it, it starts to look a little bit more daunting. They got games against the Chiefs, Patriots, Bills, and Raiders. It You know the way they're playing right now. They're at six and four. Even if they went four and two over their last stretch, that would mean they would have to beat the Patriots, the Raiders, or the Bills, or or somebody. They would have to beat a team that is likely better than them uh, to get to ten and six. That would mean the Bills would have to be nine and seven for Miami to win the division. So they're going to have to put together a pretty significant run here to get to eleven and five, and hope that the Bills go three and three down the stretch. So I I think that's, again, a tall order. And I think the Buffalo Bills are are poised to win their first division championship uh, in 25, 26 years. And, uh, you know, they should have it wrapped up by that last game of the season, which, of course, leads us to the next conversation about playoff seeding. The Bills, you know, it's going to be tough for them to move up into the top two of the AFC playoff seeding. You know, there are a few games behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. They would need at least two losses by the Steelers in addition to the Bills beating them on Sunday Night Football coming up. And, um, you know, Pittsburgh's schedule isn't particularly difficult coming down the stretch. So I, it, it's hard for me to see the Steelers falling behind the Bills in the playoff race. Same thing with the Kansas City Chiefs who hold a tiebreaker over the Bills. They would need to lose, you know, a few games for the Bills to be able to pass them. So I just don't see the Bills being able to move up to the number one or number two seed in the AFC. Looking over their shoulder, though, there's a very real possibility that they could fall to fourth in the AFC. They're tied right now with the Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee Titans, who are all seven and three right now. The Bills have the tiebreaker over Indianapolis right now, and Indianapolis has the tiebreaker over Tennessee, which puts the Bills in third place in the conference. But if that was flipped, if... The the Colts and Titans play this weekend. So if the Titans beat the Colts this weekend, Buffalo might fall to fourth, even if they win, because they lose the head-to-head highbreaker to the Tennessee Titans. So obviously we'll have rooting interests going uh, before Thursday's Thanksgiving day games, but also there's very real playoff implications of the Bills losing even just one game uh, down the stretch, which is absolutely unbelievable. The AFC is just so stacked right now that, you know, 13-3 and three or 12-4, and four, you know, might not even get you to the three seed uh, in the AFC right now. So we'll see how it all shakes out. You know, I would anticipate if the Bills go 12-4 and four, that they'll be the three seed, but, uh, you know, who really knows at this point. The AFC South has some really good teams in it. The Titans are a very solid team. The Colts have a great defense and a, a good enough offense. You know, the Bills could string wins together it's going to be really fun playoffs you know the Raiders are playing great right now and I think all of their losses have been to division winners or division leaders to this point so the Raiders might actually be a really really good team a solid team that just can't beat the top competition so I mean just looking around the AFC it's it's going to be a fun little playoff game let's take a quick break and come back for your questions (laughs) Before we hit up your questions, I just wanted to draw your attention over to buffalorumblings.com. This week I wrote a feature right in time for Thanksgiving where I talked to Eric Wood, the former Bills Center, about his relationship with Richie Incognito and how Wood helped Incognito really transition back into the NFL, but how this great friendship uh, evolved between the two of them. Uh, and that's right at the top of the Buffalo Rumblings homepage right now, um, and it just really highlights like a great teammate relationship. We also have information on the new wing at Oshaya Children's Hospital being named after Patricia Allen, Josh Allen's grandmother, who passed away a couple weeks ago. And Bills fans donated you know more than five hundred thousand dollars to the Children's Hospital, and we have also have some great bi week coverage over at BuffaloRumblings.com. So please go check that stuff out. Alan Richard asks us, have we given up on Dontari Poe joining the team after the bye? When he was released, and I'll add by the Cowboys, uh, it was said he was going to take a month to get in shape and healthy, then sign. The Bills were given good odds with Eric Washington, his defensive coordinator last year, on staff as the Bills' defensive line coach. What are your thoughts? I was hopeful that Dontari Poe was going to become a guy that the Bills added to their Rotation, their defensive tackle depth, specifically at the one technique defensive tackle position, is not great at all. Poe, obviously, I haven't heard anything about him really since he was released. It's been four weeks, so maybe you know it's the time where you might see him get signed to a team's practice squad. Uh, maybe that's in Buffalo, and maybe it's not. I mean, the Bills should be looking at every avenue they can to improve their run defense and their one tech defensive tackle position. And I think it's silly if they um, don't at least take a look at Poe, you know, even on a practice squad sign up for a week, it doesn't really hurt anything. So um, yeah, he's a guy that could come in and contribute down the stretch and into the playoffs for them, a seasoned veteran who knows the system. I just, it still makes too much sense not to happen, uh, but we're right at about the mark where we would have expected it to happen a month after he was released by the Cowboys. Thanks for your question. Over at Q and a on Twitter. Eli Jackson asks us, why is our run game so bad? Well, I think it mostly starts up front. The Bills are transitioning on the offensive line from kind of a bigger, beefier style of offensive line play with say Quentin Spain to a a more nimble, uh, what's the right way to say this? Um, Getting out to the edges kind of movement-based offensive line and so you're seeing them really go through those growing pains and you know they don't really have all the horses that they want right now um they they haven't had their full complement of offensive linemen yet this season um they as soon as John Feliciano came back from his uh injury Mitch Morse went out and of course Morse has been out since uh whether he was benched before the bye or not is a different conversation, but they haven't had their best five offensive linemen on the field. They haven't had a one really one play where it was Deion Dawkins, Cody Ford, Mitch Morris, John Feliciano, and Daryl Williams on the field at the same time. So I think that's part of it. You know, Brian Winters is a replacement level NFL offensive lineman with a bunch of starts under his belt, but he's been bad this season and you know ike bucker as good as his story is i don't know if he's a guy that you want to like turn over the keys to the left guard spot to and just be like yeah roll with it son like i just uh, he's not a guy that inspires confidence for me so i think it starts there it starts up front with the transition and not really having the guys that they want on the offensive line i mean they they were down to their last offensive lineman on the bench uh, a couple weeks ago so I, that has to be part of the conversation um I also think they just don't frankly care about the run game too much right now, because everything's running through Josh Allen and they're letting Josh cook, and I don't really have a problem with that either, as long as Allen keeps playing the way he's been playing. Um, you know, that's that's really how it goes. I mean, the Bills have invested two third-round picks in running backs, and they're not getting a great return on that investment. So, you know, it, it's not like they don't have talent back there. I think Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are both very talented. We just need to see more from the offensive line. And, you know, they don't, haven't really had to focus on improving the run game too much as the season has gone on. So, I mean, they just haven't done it. So thanks for your question over on Twitter at Q and a Last question of the day comes from Anthony, who asks us, is Davias White going to make the Pro Bowl this year? Uh, probably. I mean, that's just the way the NFL works. You know, last year's uh, all-pro cornerback a guy with name recognition, a guy with a lot of personality. I mean, just, he's probably going to make the pro bowl. I don't think his play is necessarily warranted it, but uh, you know, he's certainly fallen off this year a little bit. I don't think he's fallen off a cliff or anything. He's not like, you know, Wiley Coyote falling to the earth, you know, but um, he, he definitely has come back to earth a little bit uh, from his great season a year ago. Now, some people are going to say that is because he got his contract and he's comfortable. Um, I just, They've had a rotating group of cornerbacks on the other side. Uh, he's been picked on a little bit more this year. They've been missing uh, Micah Hyatt a couple times uh, this season. So I mean, it's just he just has not played as well this year as he did last year. And I don't necessarily think that's bad. I still think he's playing well. He's just not playing up to the level we were used to with him. So I think he makes the Pro Bowl this year, but I don't necessarily know if he's playing up to that level in 2020. Thanks for all the questions for this bi week edition of Buffalo Rumblings Q and A. The Bills are back at it this Sunday, and we'll be back at it next Tuesday with our most recent episode. Make sure to give us a follow and tweet us questions over at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. You can send us voicemails at 716-508-0405. We always love to hear other voices on the show. You can send us emails, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages can go right to the Buffalo Rumblings account, and they will make their way to me for the show. And as always, Go Bills!
0: more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high-quality leads